You are listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hello, welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza. And today, well, I'm all yours today, guys. I have a special episode for you all today, and it's one that's near and dear to my heart. I want to talk to you about the hero's journey or the heroine's journey, as I like to call it. You know, sometimes we're at a place in our life where it just feels stuck, right? Like it feels like things are not moving in the direction that we thought they would be by now or where we wanted them to be by now, or maybe we're going through some deep turmoil, or maybe perhaps you feel like you're in the cave, you have no energy, there's no inspiration, or maybe you're in a place where there's lots of inspiration, maybe you're on the upswing, maybe you are going toward the next thing. And the problem is, or the challenge rather, is that sometimes we're at these places in our lives where we just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, we don't even think there is an end of the tunnel. We sort of feel stuck in that moment. And one of the things that really helped me is understanding the hero's journey. This is something that was posited years ago by Joseph Campbell. It's become quite famous. And really as a model of looking at the cycles of your life and where you are in your world at this point and what the next space for you is, can be so, so helpful. It's not only helpful in really calming the mind and really helping you know that this too shall pass, but it's also helpful because it gives you a way to work with where you are. If you feel stuck and you feel like you're spinning your wheels, often we feel helpless and we don't know if there's anything that we can do. And Understanding that and understanding where you are in the cycle could give you that little bit of empowerment that you need to recognize that this is temporary and there's a way that I could work with this. And maybe for this cycle that I'm in, there's a way in which I can be and allow, the big word here, allow myself to be here because I know that when I'm done with this, the next greatest thing that's going to happen will take me to the next spot. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's taken from a Facebook Live that I did. Um, I really hope you enjoyed. I can't wait to hear your comments uh, and to read your comments rather on SheRisesPodcast.com. Enjoy. I'm talking today about something that's really super important to me. I'm talking about the topic of uh, fear and failure, but actually the uh, overarching or umbrella thing that I want to cover is um, the concept of the hero's journey or the heroine's journey. And the hero's journey is a really, really important phase or cycle uh, of life to understand because if we don't understand where we are in that journey, we can very quickly go into feelings of failure uh, or fear. Um, those are sort of the baseline feelings that I hear that I deal with the most within myself, within my clients as well. 
And it's really important to kind of know where you are in that journey. It's a circle. And in fact, I have a diagram here that I'm going to both work off of, but also share with you. And this concept of fear and failure and also understanding where you are in the cycle of the hero's journey as a way to not stay stuck in fear and failure. And so I want to talk to you about each of the elements of the hero's journey or the heroine's journey and check with yourself. Where are you in that phase? Where are you in that cycle as a way of number one? And I wrote down here, you know, what stage are you in? What's next for you? So what's the next coming stage for you? And how are you going to get there? And those are really, really important things to both understand and know and acknowledge. Because there are a lot of times in life where we feel completely stuck. We feel like we're in limbo. We feel like, you know, it's that, it's called liminal space, right? Where, um, you know, as one mentor described to me years ago, it's that space when the uh, trapeze artist lets go of one uh, pole and is going to grab to the next, there's that moment where they're in midair and they're not hanging on to either. And it's freaking scary, right? So understanding the heroine's journey or the hero's journey is really as a better way to understand yourself and your life and where you are in that calling. Here we go. So I want to start this and I'm going to weave in my personal story here as a way for everyone to sort of see and understand where they are on the hero's journey. So the hero's journey very much starts off in, I'm going to show you guys this diagram again because it's easy to understand. It very much starts off in, let me just make sure I get that on camera, in the ordinary world. So I want you guys to see this part here, which is the ordinary world, okay? So in the ordinary world, we have our ordinary life. For me, growing up, that looked like growing up in uh, as a first-generation Canadian, in born to an immigrant family. So my parents both came from the same small town in Sicily, in Italy, and they came here to create a new life uh, for themselves and ultimately for their for their children, which is what they did. So the ordinary world to me looked very much like tradition and culture and the societal. Um, constructs and expectations that were that were there and what happens next on the hero's journey or the heroine's journey because since I'm speaking to you my women and to the men that are listening to um the next piece that happens is the call to adventure so I remember being really really young when I got the call to adventure and for me the call to adventure looked like hmm hang on a second life could be different or I don't know if I like the way this looks, but I'm kind of thinking I might want to live life like this. For me, the way that happened is I was 14 years old and I was getting ready to be a bridesmaid at my sister's wedding. And she was about 22 at the time. And I was wearing this now hideous purple taffeta dress. Um, I think it was taffeta. And I was standing in front of the mirror in my bedroom and I was looking at this big poofy dress and I was seeing that my sister was going to leave the house and move away from home and she was going to get married. And then I knew she didn't eventually have kids because I had two other sisters that had already done that too, uh, the marriage part at least. And I thought, huh, I guess that that's what's next for me. Like, I guess that that is what's next down the line for me. And I had this moment of staring in front of the mirror and I thought, well, what if that's not what I want? 
And I actually said, like, is that it? And that's when I got what's next on the hero's journey, which is the call to adventure. It started really young for me. It started with me knowing, like, I want to travel. And I want to experience the world. And I want to see places. And I want to do things. So it started with that for me. So I want you now just to pause a minute and take a reflection of your own life. Right? So you start in the ordinary world, right? We all start there in the ordinary world, however you were brought up, however you were raised, you start off there. And what was your call to adventure? Chances are you've already gotten one. And if you haven't gotten one yet and you've been in the ordinary world your whole adult life, that's okay too. But check in and see, like, am I in the ordinary world stage or have I already gotten that call to adventure? So I'm going to continue, and then you can just keep reflecting back on where you are on this path, on this journey. And welcome to everybody who's joining. Hey, Sarah. So the next call on the hero's journey or the heroine's journey is uh, the refusal of the call. So this is a big one. Listen up. Everybody gets a call. I don't care who you are on this planet. You get a call. And you can refuse the call. In fact, many of us do. Now, the call is pretty cool because the call gets pretty tricky. The call sometimes says, okay, I'll wait. I'll come back later. And so you could refuse the call. And then at some point in your life, that call comes around again. And it says, hello, are you ready now? And sometimes we are, and we're like, okay, I'm going to take up the call. And then a lot of times, many times, we're like, no, 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 not yet. Because the call is scary. The call can be scary because the call, if you guys look at this chart, I'm going to show it to you again. Call is right there on the cycle. Refusal of the call, right? The adventure comes, refusal of the call. The call will lead you down the circle. So the call can be very scary. Most of us will ignore the call. Most of us have ignored the call in our life. And it's, it's, part of being human, okay? Even Moses <laughs> ignored the call for a while, and then it kept coming, and then it kept coming, and then he couldn't ignore it anymore. So the call to adventure for me was that, and it continued throughout my life because at 14, what did I do? Did I say, yep, and I hopped on a pirate ship and said, later, family? No, of course not. I was 14. What the hell? But the call came again, so I refused it, and the call came again when I was 16. When I was 16, I spent two months in Italy, and I came back to life as I knew it here in my home city, and I thought, I don't, this isn't for me. I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to, you know, join the rat race and live like this. I had just come from, like, La Dolce Vita, right? I had just come from a place where people honor living and life and and lifestyle and love before they honor ambition and work and drive and all that stuff. And, and I am ambitious and I am driven. And yet there was a piece of that that was appealing to me. And so that was another call. That was another call. Guess what? I was 16. I was still not ready to run off and join the circus. So I ignored the call, refusal of the call. That's part of where I was on the cycle. Okay. So again, I want you guys to pause and reflect back in for yourselves where are you so far on the cycle? Have you experienced some of these things coming out of ordinary world? Are you still just in ordinary world? And if you are, that's totally fine too, right? It's part of the cycle. 
Um, so the next piece on here is meeting the mentor. So for me, this happened when I was 19. When I was 19, I, well, I started my spiritual journey much earlier. I was about 16 when I started reading spiritual books. But when I was 19, I met my, my Gandalf is what I call her. Um, her name is Betty. And I actually just saw her this past weekend. And she was my very first spiritual mentor and teacher. She taught me amazing concepts, like you create your own reality. And we talked about quantum physics. And we talked about all manner of the nature of reality and spirit. And she was the mentor. So I met my mentor. And at that point, when you meet the mentor, you get introduced to a whole other world that is different than your ordinary world that you came from. And so that's when the next piece of the phase comes in, which is crossing the threshold. This is also a very scary piece because what this means is that you're leaving the ordinary world behind. And as Joseph Campbell would call it, you're entering in the special world. When you leave the ordinary world behind, when you cross the threshold, there's a lot of fear that comes up. Because we have an understanding that we're going to be leaving the old behind. We have an understanding that something new is coming and we're stepping into the unknown. And it's freaking scary. And if you know that you're at the threshold, that you're going into a new phase, just knowing that that's where you are on the cycle of the journey is reassuring. Just knowing that that's the place where you are will really help you to understand, and when there's understanding, many times we can dissipate the fear. So once we cross the threshold, I'm referring to my notes here, by the way, once we cross the threshold, we will encounter tests, we will encounter uh, enemies, and, and Joseph Campbell says we'll also encounter allies. All of these things come when you cross the threshold, because at this point is where you go into what I call your greater becoming. You cannot get into your greater becoming until you cross the threshold. If you stay in the ordinary world and you maintain status quo, you will maintain the level you're at. It's not until you cross the threshold and you move into your greater becoming that all of the lessons come. And all of the teachers come. And the teachers will come by ways of allies. They'll come by way of enemy. Or they'll come by way of tests. These are your teachers along the journey. So where are you on this phase of your journey? Because the next stop is often the one that terrifies people the most. And that could be the most scary and the most heavy. And this is where the failure piece comes in. Because the next step along the phase and the cycle is entering the cave. And when you enter the cave is often when people, you know, we talk about hermit time. We talk about people pulling away from other people. Um, for me, entering the cave, and I, I forgot to keep you along my story here, but for me, entering the cave happened much later in my life. I was about 36 years old, and I had gone through um, some tests and some challenges. I'd gone through a lot of different allies and enemies, if you want to call them that, and after I crossed the threshold multiple times, I realized that I needed to enter the cave. And entering the cave looks like going within. Often it looks like shutting the outside world out. You know, I've done this several times in my life of going within and doing my inner work. 
I've done this also literally by taking a sabbatical and moving to Mexico, which turned out to be, you know, five and a half year journey of other travel and uh, cave-like uh, experiences. But it's it, entering the cave that you can go into the deepest, darkest parts of you. This is where shadow work comes into play. This is where really looking at the ugly, really taking ownership and responsibility for what you have created and what you will create. That's the cave. In the cave, or after the cave, as Joseph would say it on this chart, but in the cave is often where the ordeal comes. And the ordeal is the dark night of the soul. The dark night of the soul is often what people refer to as rock bottom. It is the place where we feel like our most failure. We probably have our most amount of fear. And we probably feel the most alone. It's the scariest part to be in. And yet, and yet, there is light at the end of the tunnel. If we emerge from the dark night, and hopefully the mentors and teachers that you have taken with you along the way, because that's really important, is that you take these mentors and teachers with you. I've had many, many in my life. If you take the mentors and teachers with you along the way, you will get out of the dark cave, the, the dark night of the soul, and you will hit the light at the end of the tunnel, which Joseph would describe as the reward. And in the reward is when you start to find all the lessons and you understand where you've come from. There's actually gratitude for that dark night of the soul. For me, the dark night of the soul, one of the dark nights of the soul that happened for me was on my journey when I was in Australia. I had just had another relationship end. It was two um, in two years that ended horribly. They were relationships that I, you know, I really hung my hat on. I thought, this is it. You know, ladies, are you listening? Or men, have you had the relationship where you're like, this is the one. And then life is like, no, he's not. <laughs> you know, I can laugh about it now. But then it was devastating. And I had layers and layers of grief, of loss that all came flooding up at once. And I happened to be on the other side of the world by myself with no friends in a time zone where accessing my friends in other parts of the world was, was difficult. And I, I went to rock bottom. And for me, that looked like, um, like near suicidal. In fact, I was having suicidal ideation. Um, with the amount of grief that was coming up for me. And I had a divine interventive moment that obviously stopped that. But that was my cave. You know, I was literally going to sleep at night begging for God to kill me in my sleep because the pain was so intense. So after that is the reward. And now I can take all the pieces of that and I find all the gold in that. And that's the next phase, right? It's the way back. It's the journey road. It's the journey back home, the road back home. And next after that comes the resurrection. So this is where the resurrection is literally where you are born anew, where you take all of the triumphs, all of the hardships, all of the lessons, all of the crap, really, just all the shit, and you become a new you. This is, by the way, your greater becoming. You know, when I, said, when I said that at the bottom, that you're going into your greater becoming, you kind of have to go into the belly of the beast before you come up out the other side into your greater becoming. And finally, 
you return, you know, and Joseph Campbell refers to it, returning with the elixir, right? With the magical potion, because you can return back to the ordinary world, a newer version of you. And often you come with the elixir or the medicine that is required to help others and to bring back to the ordinary world. And then guess what, guys? Because it's life, it's a circle, the cycle starts again. So why do I relate this to fear and failure? Because so many of us, I work with a lot of high-achieving, A-type you know, personality women that are uh, entrepreneurs, creatives, founders, and we get, as A-type people, we get very ambitious, we get very driven, and we can often get stuck at parts of this journey because we start judging ourselves as being a failure or we start judging the, the fear that we go into and we start judging that we're quote unquote stuck. And what if you just understood that it was a cycle? What if you just understood that you were just part of a cog in this cycle that your greater becoming actually needs you to be in every phase of the cycle? and. I hate to say it, but you can't rush the phases. Trust me, I've tried. It doesn't work. You have to stay with each phase of the journey. And it all starts with the calling. If you don't answer the calling, you cannot get into the cycle that will lead you to your greater becoming. And I want you to think about that because most of us in our lives, in fact, in this world, We ignore the calling. We ignore it because it's not practical. Sometimes, like it happened with me at 14 and 16, like I I was too young. Eventually, I did grow up and join the circus. I was 19 years old. I went to go work on a cruise ship. But I could because I was was actually 22. So I could, right? So sometimes we ignore the calling because it's not time. But often we ignore the calling because it's inconvenient, because we're, we're scared, because we don't have the money, because we don't have the time, because what will my family, culture, society, friends, boss think? Think about that. Because those are all the reasons that we logically tell ourselves in this day and age are good reasons to ignore the calling. It's not practical. You can't afford that right now. Or, you know, your, your family would be pissed. Or, you know, for me, part of my ignoring of the calling for so long, um, even after I ran away and joined the circus, as I, was call, as I would call it, is, what, you know, what would my family think? You know, I had a lot of guilt invested in this is the culture and the society and the expectation that I came from. I had a lot of guilt invested into, well, this is what my friends are doing. So how come that's not good enough for me? And that's not going to serve you. It's not going to serve you to do what everybody else is doing. You know, to be a sheeple is not going to serve you, to blindly follow the other sheep. What if you're meant to pave your own path? What if you're meant to go your own way? And what if you're meant to answer that calling? Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising, everyone. 
For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 